Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. Please stand as you are able and join me in our Psalter reading for this morning. Psalm number 67, found on page 34 in your Black Appleton Psalter. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. God has blessed us. Let all the ends of the earth hear him. Amen.
I'll be reading this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 23 to 24. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and from my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. Good morning. This fall will mark 25 years since I first set foot on this campus as a freshman. The morning prayer bells were my daily alarm clock just next door in Canada, but I don't think I made it out here even once during my freshman year, I'm sorry to say. But I am glad to be here this Good Friday morning and impressed to even see a few students among us. On the first Good Friday, some 2,000 years ago, a motley crew of witnesses gathered on that hill on the outskirts of Jerusalem. There were remnants of the crowd from Jesus' trial, a band of faithful women, one or two remaining of his twelve disciples, two thieves, and finally, a squad of Roman soldiers who drove the spikes into his hands and feet. Each of these witnesses has their own story, their own experience of Good Friday. For the two verses of our text today, John tightens the lens of his story to focus on the Roman soldiers. It's a striking scene, if you can imagine it with me. We look up and we see Jesus hanging on the cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. For the previous 18 chapters, John has been presenting his first-hand testimony that Jesus was indeed the Word made flesh, the living water, the bread of life, the way, the truth, and the life. But now we see this Jesus, the Son of God, is dying before our very eyes. We scan down his bloodied body, and at the foot of our crucified God, we see four soldiers casting lots. Casting lots, rolling dice. Casting lots over what? Over Jesus' garments and his tunic. It was a common practice for these executioners, But this was not a common death. And just as our righteous indignation is about to erupt, John reminds us in the text that the scene of soldiers casting lots is actually a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in Psalm chapter 22. Jesus' death on a cross was no accident. It was not God's plan gone awry. It wasn't merely the scheme of Judas, the priests, and the soldiers. It was the sovereign, perfect will of God. Indeed, John writes in Revelation that the Lamb was slain even before the foundation of the world. In the very first chapter of his Gospel, verse 29, John already told us why Jesus came into the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. God sent his only begotten Son for one reason, to save us from our sin. In other words, in God's eyes, we have only one fundamental problem. We need salvation from only one enemy. 
our sin. I have an office space in a startup incubator near Kendall Square. The password for one of our online shared systems is Innovate Fix World. Innovate Fix World. And that phrase really captures the spirit of the building. But as inspiring as it might be, innovation will not fix the world. More knowledge, new theories, better structures, these will not fix the world. How can I be so confident? Because the Bible says we have only one fundamental problem, sin. And for sin, there is only one answer, the cross. So we will never find the right solution until we identify the right problem. We all know, or at least we can imagine, how exhausting it is to treat the symptoms of a disease without actually ever eradicating it. So yes, there are many symptoms in this fallen world that need to be addressed. And this university and its people are dedicated to the very important work of addressing these symptoms. But let us never lose sight of the truth that there is only one fundamental problem, sin. Everything else is a symptom. So why the focus on these soldiers today? Because in them we see ourselves. While Jesus gave his life to solve the problem of sin, to give us eternal life, we are consumed by his garments, by the symptoms he might alleviate. We're busy casting lots, trying to claim the biggest portion. But Jesus didn't come to give us clothes to wear or food to eat. He didn't come to right all wrongs or heal all infirmities. He came as the sacrificial lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And that is the good news. This is the good in Good Friday. The good news that Jesus' death solves the problem of sin. Jesus' death offers us eternal life. In the words of John Stott, the great preacher of the Church of England, before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, we have to see it as something done by us. So once we agree with God that the cross was something done by us, then it becomes something done for us. That is the meaning of repentance. We are the soldiers who drove the spikes through Jesus' hands and feet. We are the soldiers who cast lots for his clothing while he is offering the gift of eternal life. It is for us that he died. It's my prayer today for us all to look up from the garments, to stop busying ourselves, casting lots, and to see the true meaning of the cross, to know the true good in Good Friday. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are sovereign, just, and merciful. Before the foundation of the world, you sent your Son to the cross because it was the only way to save us, the only way to solve the problem of sin. On this Good Friday, help us to lift up our eyes, to agree with you that the cross is something done by us, so that we can experience the cross as something done for us. Now to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen.
Please join me in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now please stand as you are able, and join us in the singing of our hymn, hymn number 151, Go to Dark Gethsemane. of our lives as we leave this place until we meet again. Amen.